I believe that we can heal by sharing our truths and connecting with one another. I believe that holding in our shame and living a life that isn't true to ourselves is the root cause of anxiety and depression. When we allow ourselves to truly connect with our heart and acknowledge our truth, then we are set free. Free to live a life of joy and peace, a life without guilt or shame. And so that's why I wanted to create a show called She Speaks Her Truth. Join me as I talk with other women who are stepping into their power and sharing their truth so they can be set free on a path of healing. Eight years ago, I left my marriage with three kids and two dogs. I was drowning in anxiety and depression, and I needed to find a way to heal and learn to love myself again. She Speaks Her Truth is about figuring out who you really are and what truths you need to uncover to set yourself free. This is an anonymous space for women to share their stories of pain, heartbreak, and healing. It's a place to know that you are not alone on this journey and to be inspired to connect to your heart so you can live the life you are meant to. Every week I'll be coming to you to share stories of my own and to talk with other women who will inspire you to step into your light. You are not alone. I'm here to create a container of love and connection and I want you to know that you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are stronger than you think, and you matter. My name is Jennifer Robinson. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's get started. Hi there beauties, I'm your host Jennifer Robinson and welcome to the third episode of She Speaks Her Truth. This is a show about figuring out who you really are and what truths you need to uncover to set yourself free. It is a place to know that you are not alone on your journey. In today's episode, I will be talking with our very first guest, Sarah. She will be sharing her story with us, and I'm so excited to talk with her. But I want to remind everyone that I'm not a therapist, and that the intent of the show is for my guests to speak their truth and share their story of pain and healing, so you can feel a sense of hope and less alone on your own journey. We're here to create connection and inspiration, and any advice shared is from Sarah's own personal experience, but I know that you'll get so much from her story. And so, without further ado, I'm truly honored to welcome Sarah to the show. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so Hello. happy. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, well, thank you so much for the invitation. I'm really uh, grateful for this opportunity. Yeah, you're very welcome. So I did a little intro to the guests here, but I wanted to maybe you could tell us about a little bit about who you are and then start sharing your story of um, where you were in your life and the experiences that have happened to you. And as you went through those, you know, how that affected you and where you are now and what kind of things you did to help you on your path. Thank you. Um, So I'm a elementary school teacher. I've been teaching uh, for 15 years. I love my job. 
I, um, I also uh, am an individual who just loves um, the planet, animals, uh, plants, travel, and uh, any, anything that just, you know, brings excitement into my life or joy into my life. I'm always open and, and, and willing to, to try new things. Um, so my journey began, um, my healing journey actually began in 2009. I was uh, diagnosed with breast cancer and it did come at quite a shock to me as I, there was no cancer in my family. And I felt that I was a really, you know, active, healthy young woman. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. So uh, being diagnosed with uh, breast cancer was a real shock to me. And at the same time, it was also an eye opener because I do remember uh, hearing that I had breast cancer. And the first thing that came into my mind was first, I don't wanna die, I wanna live. Uh, then followed by, you know, thoughts of, what did I do wrong? What have I been, you know, what have I not been eating? And, you know, my mind started to turn to, you know, spin into a lot of negative self-talk yeah. at the time when I was also diagnosed, I was married and, um, that really, um, was an interesting time because when you're diagnosed with breast cancer, you're, you're given a lot of valuable information on how to heal, what your recovery is going to be like, when your surgery is, when it'll be over, the symptoms. You are um, surrounded by doctors, oncologists, radiologists, nurses that are all helping you. Mm -hmm. However, uh, when I was married, I was also experiencing a husband who was pulling out of the marriage, uh, was not taking me to my radiation appointments, when I was having IV and treatment was not there to support me. And I felt really alone and also confused because I kept thinking I'm married. And at the same time, I'm thinking, but I feel very alone. I feel very isolated. Um, and then after I had done my, my journey through breast cancer, done my lumpectomy and was on my way to recovery, uh, that's basically when my marriage came to an end. Mm. And I was going through, I felt the hardest point of my journey, which was going through a divorce because I felt very alone. There was no books. There was no literature. There was nothing to help me. When am I going to start eating again? When am I going to start, you know, stop crying and start sleeping? Whereas I had all that information with cancer, but I didn't really have that during divorce. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns, I imagine. Um, I've been through a divorce as well. And yeah, it, it can be very scary. Um, so I can imagine, I can't watch it. I can't imagine actually what it must have felt like going through both of those experiences at the same time. Um, and to feel so alone in the unknowns of what was going to happen with your marriage. And then when it did end, I can't imagine how that must have felt for you. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty traumatic. Uh, what ended up happening during that uh, was I gravitated towards a lot of journaling and I was just journaling a lot. I was journaling while I was in the hospital during my treatments. I was journaling when I was alone in my room. 
So um, journaling became a big part of my, my process of healing as well. When you go through things like divorce or, or, or some type of health issue, um, other people start to come out of, you know, the woodworks, you could say, and we're stepping up. And I was being able to kind of compare, wow, these, these friends are caring for me. You know, I knew at that point, gee, my husband is not doing these things. Mm-hmm. So it was also as heartbreaking as it was, there was an eye-opening experience happening and self-reflection at the same time. Um, and I decided uh, during my journaling process, during the divorce, during all that was going on, I really wanted to help other women and men going through divorce. And I decided I was going to take the positive route because I thought, listen, I just fought cancer. Mm-hmm. Like I just did cancer on my own. So I can do this divorce on my own. I can do this. I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm not going to let this taint me. You know, um, I'm, I want to live and I want to live lovingly. And I had to, I kept bringing it back to myself. I'm not going to let this affect me and let him have that power of making me an angry, bitter person because I knew I wasn't that person I was just Mm -hmm. in a hard place so journaling uh through my process of journaling I started to write down things that reminded me to bring joy back into my life things that made me happy um and that to me was a big part of my healing process was journaling and reconnecting with those things that brought me joy Mm -hmm. to help get me through those moments of pain sorrow sadness depression that's amazing. I, and I know that we've talked about this before that I journal as well. Um, would you say that that was one of the um, big pieces that helped you to connect with yourself and get through the divorce? And would you say that your experience with cancer gave you a different perspective in handling the pain of the divorce? Because I would imagine going yeah. through something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, the eye-opening thing for cancer was, um, I'm given a second chance. I'm going to fight. I want to live. And I think the divorce for me was, you know, there's life beyond this one man. There are other things I meant to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so journaling was a place, um, unlike therapy, um, journaling is a place where you become your own therapist. And you begin to watch your own journey because I would read a journal reflection, you know, two months later and be like, wow, I was in a really dark place. Mm. And then, you know, then you're reading your journal and you go along, you're like, whoa, it, oh, after three months I started, you know, I've got, there's a little bit of humor in my journal and, oh, it looks like I ate something delicious three months later. And then, you know, then as I started, then, you know, four months would go by, I would go back and reread. And then I would start seeing, oh my gosh, you're healing, you're moving forward. And it was that um, positive self-talk now that's coming in because Mm -hmm. you are rereading your thoughts. You are being, um, aware of your own healing journey. And it's so powerful than for me, just talking to a therapist and a therapist just keep at saying, well, how do you feel? And how are you feeling about that? And what kind of feelings are coming up? This was me going, oh my gosh, I'm healing. 
look at my journey, look at my recovery. And I think that was so empowering. It gave me more, it gave me more will to keep going on. And it gave me more um, hope that I'm going to be fine. It's going to take time, but a journal showed me it's a process and nothing is a now. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. I just love what you're sharing. It's so beautiful. And I love how you're explaining that because some people who don't journal, I don't understand what the benefits can be from it. And it's, that's how I feel as well, because I'm writing it, my feelings down and whether they're really angry feelings, I just free flow journal to get the feelings out. But I think a huge piece of it is what you said is going back and rereading those pieces. And you have like this journey of being able to actually see the words you use and realize wow look how far I've come or wow I was really angry in that moment I see what I I did then okay I I need to change something to get to this part of my life so I I love that you're talking about the drilling Um, I do know that there's a lot more to your story and I would love you to continue from you know you you had went through a divorce and um, what happened from there so once I started uh, rereading my journal entries, I realized that um, I may have a book idea here. And mm-hmm. I thought, um, why don't I go through this journal and pull out all the moments in my journal that I see myself being happy? What are the things I did? So out of that, um, out of that, I ended up coming up with nine uh, well, nine things, I guess, that I did that helped me move forward and heal in a very authentic way. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write this out, make a book and share it with other people because whether or not they find one thing in the book that helps them, two things, any little thing we can do to help uh, anyone, I think is just, is it was my way of giving back, it was my way of helping other women and men that are going through divorce. Mm-hmm. So I ended up writing a book and I called it um, wide awake because for me, it was about being very wide awake Mm. to my life, to people, to my situation. And it's funny, but at the time I I was listening to a lot of Katy Perry, who I also mentioned in the book, Um, her music, just one of the chapters is music and how the music we listen to the words on words are so powerful and it just became a morning thing, get in the car, go to work. I had to start my mornings off with some hardcore Katy Perry awesome. to kind of get me, get those words, those I'm enough, those, you know, I'm powerful, I'm a fire, you know, firework. Just getting all that sound and words in me um, motivated me to keep going with my day. So yeah, so I called it Wide Awake. That's so beautiful. Um, well, when we get to the end of our um, our talk, will you share those nine things with us at the end? So that definitely, I can share them now person. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you have them there, let, let's go ahead and share those nine things with everybody. Okay. So chapter one is actually called its journal, and in this chapter, I just I really dive into journaling, the power of journaling, how journaling helped me. Um, where I journaled, um, and just my whole process of journaling. Um, So that was chapter one, because obviously, as a big journaling um, guru, this was my main, this was my number one. And I thought journals are attainable, they're not expensive. Uh, You can take them everywhere. And it really became my tangible sort of crutch 
It was in my purse, it was in my car. And anytime I had a feeling, emotion, I had a journal there to just write it down and release it. So I did put journaling as chapter one, because to me, it was the most important. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter two, I called it family and friends. Um, I put I put family and friends as number two, because having a healthy and happy support system around you really was really critical. And I wanted to show my gratitude to all my friends and family that were there for me during that time, because when the world steps out, you know, you, you feel isolated. And then when the world sort of steps back in, it's really a very powerful center of having, you know, friends and family around you. I love that. Uh, chapter three, I end up, what did I call chapter three now? Let me just look here. Uh, chapter three, oh, is music. So, mm. um, having, you know, a music I was, when I look back at my journal, just feelings I wrote about listening to Katy Perry. That was my, that was my woman at the time of, of music. And just even taking the time I wrote in that chapter, just creating a podcast, not a podcast, sorry. Um, I guess, well, creating a list of all the songs that you love, that bring you joy, that make you happy, reminding yourself of these music, this music, even music that makes you happy when you were a little girl or a little boy. Um, There's a lot of power in music. So I called chapter three music. Chapter four, I called health and exercise. Because when you're going through something, I was realizing I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't motivated to get up off the couch. So I decided chapter four was really important because we have to get our bodies healthy and our minds healthy and eating healthy is putting that self-love back into your body, keeping your body rejuvenated um, is really critical when you're going through something traumatic. We have to keep moving and keep eating foods that are good for us. So I included some recipes in there, some exercising things I did during that time. Chapter five, I called it passions and hobbies. Um, I think passions and hobbies empower us. They give us confidence. They help us reconnect with ourselves. And when you're going through something, we tend to just disconnect from all those little things that make us happy. And I do talk about the difference between a passion and a hobby. There is a difference, but they're both equally important in helping you stay positive and grounded and helping you to heal. Mm-hmm. Chapter six, I called it cry. I think there is a lot of value and importance with crying. And, and so many articles I were reading were, were actually saying, you know, don't cry, don't cry, stop the cries, don't cry. And I disagree with that. I, I'm, again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a social worker. I am not, you know, a scientist. But I do believe in the power of releasing. And I think crying is a natural, beautiful way of the body to get rid of trauma, to get rid of pain. And in my journal, I was looking, wow, I cried a lot. And then my crying started to, to, you know, trickle down. And then before I knew it, I wasn't crying anymore. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking if we keep telling people not to cry and not allowing them a space to cry, they're holding that in and that's going to come out later. 
Absolutely. I completely agree with you there. I've done a lot of crying <laughs> in my day. <laughs> it's been wonderful for my healing. So I love that number six. I think crying is really important. So, um, and I think as a society, you know, we tell children, we allow children to cry, right? When they hurt mm -hmm. themselves. So I think adults have every, should feel the same sort of comfort. Yes. Um, number seven, I called it travel. Uh, I noticed in my journaling, and it wasn't just traveling to foreign countries, although I, when I started journaling, I was like, wow, I've traveled to almost 25, 30 countries in my life. But travel could be as simple as traveling to the city next door, or traveling to somewhere local, or just traveling to a park you haven't been to. So it's just getting out of, you know, your space where you're reminded of trauma, and just venturing out someplace new is travel it's a new experience it heightens all your senses it's a new feeling a new smell a new vision a new new sounds so just getting out and traveling to somewhere local promotes that momentum of moving forward having the confidence that hey i got off my couch today and i went and experienced a new coffee shop or i met someone new i had a new conversation and then you're creating sort of new experiences for yourself that kind of give you new memories so you can let go of maybe some older ones i love that that's beautiful number eight I called it dating. We can ignore that one. <laughs> but again, that chapter wasn't about me trying to uh, quickly replace someone I was with. I wrote dating because it was learning how to date myself, mm -hmm. but it was also me dating just to meet new people and just learn something new. Some dates I went on, I learned something new about a car. Some dates I went on, I learned about a new country I hadn't, I didn't know about. So dating was just about being open to appreciating people's uh, company again and going on dates because you were learning something about people, about yourself. I didn't write this chapter about going out and meeting someone new. It was actually just about moving forward and creating positive feelings about myself and other people again. I, I did the very same thing as you as well with the dating. Um, and I mean, I'm remarried now, but I looked at it the same way when it came to dating, um, I was terrified to get back out into that field because I myself hadn't dated. I'd been with someone for 20 something years, but that's how I took the same approach as well. I thought this is a good way for me to learn to um, practice my social skills and get some confidence in myself. And I wanted to meet other people, yeah, just to have some connection. So um, I loved how you did include it, but the way you explained why you put the dating in there and what was what was the intention so i i 100 agree with you there that's great oh thank you and i think it is important sometimes we need to date ourselves and take ourselves out on dates yes. dating shouldn't always be about dating someone else right i think dating has to be date yourself take yourself out for dinner mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. get sure. dressed up because you want to get dressed up right yeah i did that a couple times and it was the most awkward feeling but liberating at the same time extremely liberating yes and then my last chapter is called Say Yes. And I called Say Yes because during that time, you know, I think everyone wants to um, show their support and wants to help in their own way. And everyone has different ways. So I decided just to say yes to different experiences. Oh, did you want to go for a walk? Uh, my son and I are going for a walk. I'd be like, sure, yes. 
uh, Sarah, hey, we're gonna go check out this new blah, blah, blah. Would you like to join us? Yes. Uh, there'd be a course, you know, to take and I'd get an email. Oh, come join this course and learn how to cook. I'd be like, okay, yes. So I kind of just took this yes attitude instead of the no attitude and just said yes to different things because um, I think saying yes, uh, it gives you, there is empowerment in it. There's a freedom in being able to say, yes, why not? Let me, let me be open to new things. And the more I think we allow ourselves to be open to new experiences, it again, it's about learning about myself, meeting people, coming home and being like, wow, that was a great afternoon. And it could be something simple. And it was also just appreciating all these wonderful people that were offering in their way to show love and support to help me through my journey. So instead of saying no to everything and, and feeling sorry for myself, yeah, it is a mindset. Say yes to something today, Sarah. You have to say yes, because saying yes, it's like a tree. It's the branches of just opening yourself up to growing, to healing, and to learning. That's beautiful. You actually remind me of, there's a book, I believe, written by, I think it's Rhonda Shimes, and it she called it the year of yes. I think that's the name of it. And kind of what you were just saying. And I believe she did a whole year where she said yes. And mm -hmm. she was a real introvert and it helped to push her out of her comfort zone. And the same thing, she, like a tree, she just completely blossomed um, and got through those fears. So I, it's important, right? Because action creates clarity. And I think it's the first step to helping us get to a place of healing. It's it's taking that first one step because the fear stems from when you're not taking any action at all. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, those are, those are wonderful. What you shared those nine things to help. Um, I definitely am going to have to get your book and read that. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I'll get you a copy. Don't. Oh, worry. okay. <laughs> I want it signed. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Um, I know there's some more to your story and I would love for you to share that. Um, because uh, people don't know, but I mean, you're such an upbeat person full of so much light and the other um, experiences and pain that you had in your life, I think is reflects why you are so positive because you've had some real um, difficult experiences that have caused you to make a decision that life is short and you're mm -hmm. here to experience it. So can you talk to us about that a little bit? Yeah. Um... So like I had mentioned, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2009 mm -hmm. and little did I know that in 2017, uh, I would be diagnosed with my second cancer. So I was diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2017. And at that same time that I was going through my, um, radical hysterectomy, um, my best friend uh, from high school, who um, has always been there for me, she was diagnosed with a very unique lung cancer. And she was given five years. However, um, you know, her, her journey wasn't as um, positive as mine. She was in the hospital um, with chemo. Basically, she was dying the same. And it was our birthday month. So it was in April. Mm. Um, 
she was dying and here I was healing from my surgery. So my surgery was beginning of April. And uh, I remember the doctor even telling me, uh, you need to stay home and rest for six, seven weeks. I had a radical hysterectomy. And I knew I, you know, I had to hurry up and start walking because I had to be able to see her at Sunnybrook where I knew she was. Mm-hmm. I was walk. I mean, I was really pushing myself. Um, I had done cancer before and I thought, no, nope, you're not doing this to me again. So I was walking, walking, walking. And about, I think it was my third or fourth week into really getting out of the bed and walking. I had walked to the hospital like I'd parked, walked into Sunnybrook. I'd seen her in the bed. I didn't even recognize her. And I was feeling at that moment so much guilt yes. that she was lying in her situation with cancer. And, and I was on my way to recovery. Again, my second time with cancer, I'm recovering. Um, I'm healing and looking at her knowing that she she had maybe weeks, months to go. Um, when I, when I got to her bed, um, she looked at me and in the most, her name was Amy and we always called her an angel because she just had this sort of angel aura about her. She just in this beautiful way, just said to me, I need you to live life and do all the things that I can't do anymore. And, and she said, I need you to travel, you know, to travel for me because I, I won't be able to travel. I need you to enjoy the foods that I'm not going to be able to enjoy anymore. So here again, um, I'm in this situation with facing cancer and not just for me now. Now I'm watching someone actually die and my best friend and saying those words to me again, gave me this light to say, you're going to do this again. Sorry, you're going to live life. You're going to do all these great things. You're going to help people. You're going to do it for Amy because she is not being able to do this. Wow. Wow. I mean, that really hit me. Um, What a beautiful gift your friend gave you. Beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I can't imagine the guilt you were feeling as you were healing. And I mean, you were having to put a lot of work into your healing but you were healing and to watch her dying must've been, I can't imagine heartbreaking, but the fact that she could say that to you was a beautiful gift. And I, I'm sure the audience listening right now can understand like why you're such a positive person, why you're so upbeat, because I know what people can't see you, but I mean, you just glow and I can feel from you that you're here for all of it, for, for life to experience. Thank you. I'm getting teary yeah, now. Wow, yeah. Thank you. Now, <laughs> you say that your friend was like an angel. I really feel that from you. Um, and I'm so honored that you're sharing this story because I'm sure there's other people who, who may be going through something similar or maybe have or lost someone to cancer and perhaps some of your story can help them see some of the light to be able to um, focus on their healing on their pathway and their journey because the guilt can really take you down. Um, And I think, you know, guilt is definitely, um, it's a, it's a 
conditioned way of thinking, right? We have created this conditioning, whether, whether it's happened because of childhood or maybe, you know, some experience. And um, it's about, I always say this, it is a lot of work um, to be positive and happy and, and uplifting. Um, it's work. You know, I have to wake up and choose to be this way. I have to wake up and say, uh, I'm grateful for the sun. I'm grateful for the air. I'm grateful for my coffee, for my water. And then, you know, then, then, you know, then you have moments where you're just like, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my health, but it is a mindset of, of having to do this every day. Some days it is, I think of Amy and I don't want to complain about the pandemic because I think to myself, she would do anything to be living this pandemic right now. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she would be grateful to be here in a pandemic. Um, and there are just other days where I just, I have to focus on something small and say, I'm just grateful for this glass of water right now. And I think it's, I understand it's hard. It is hard all the time. Um, but it's, it's important that we do create healthy ways of thinking for ourselves um, because it does bring gratitude and I think that's the place where Amy gave me my zest for life it's just being grateful for everything around me and every morning whether I'm doing it in my shower I have to find my place of practice to practice my gratitude whether it's my journal in the shower in the car it's really important, I think, for everyone just to take those moments and, and be grateful. And we all get on the bandwagon. Oh, I'm going to do it this week. I'm going to do yes. my gratitude. And like, yeah, <laughs> sure, we do it for like five days and then we forget and then we spiral somewhere else. But it's okay. Bring it back. Mm -hmm. Listening to podcasts and reading books and stuff. All of these are tools to help us, remind us to just keep going Mm -hmm. And don't, don't feel guilty because you get off the bandwagon of negative thinking or you complain. It's natural, but it's about being aware and using tools like what you're offering, your podcast, your journals, using social media in a positive way to bring us back, to remind us to be grateful for these things. Yes, yes. And I love everything you're saying. And, and I'm glad that you brought up a big piece being gratitude, because I think that's a huge key to it. Um, and it is hard. I mean, a lot of us have been through a lot of painful things. Um, so if you had to say, if you had to say one thing for someone to start to, to be more focused on being positive, would you say that would be um, gratitude? Or would you say that would start with just journaling to get the feelings out? Or would you say it would be, sometimes I think if you have a purpose of giving back in some way, what would of those three things between per having a purpose or the gratitude or just the journaling and working on the feelings, what would you say would be one of those you would pick to start with? What I would say, um, and, I, and I'm speaking as a teacher, right? Everything yeah. I've learned and how I address um, adults, I always try to bring it back. What would I say to a child? Mm -hmm. Always. So with children, they all have different learning styles. They all learn differently. And there's no one way to teach math. There's no one way to teach a child how to color or draw. Mm -hmm. So I have to look at a classroom of children and go, they're all different. They're all different beings. They're all different ways of learning and receiving information. So same with adults. Um, I think what I what I'm always trying, what I'd like to start promoting and, and, and working towards when I'm dealing with, and I, I do talk to many women um, that are going through cancer and I do try to help them with their journey 
is I say, you have to find something that works for you. Because I could say journaling is the best. And I do, in my opinion, journaling is my number one because it worked for me. Some, some people are not journalers. They're just not. So I think what's important is showing people all these different options. Journaling. There's, you could verbally say it in the shower. You know, it could be reading a book. It could be the music. Like I said, in my book, it could be eating something delicious and being grateful for that cupcake, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, um, for me to actually pick one, I'm saying this is the one tool that's going to, you know, help everybody. So I would say, take the time to sit down and write down what you think would work for you, because what matters is the consistency not necessarily the tool you're using, but it's that consistency, right? What is going to work for you? Because I think it's the consistency that is going to help with the growth. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Thank you for, for sharing out that. I love that. Um, I guess I just want to ask um, a final question. What would you say, what are your hopes for your future going forward? Um, where do you see yourself in five years? You've been through such a journey and, um, where would you, where do you see yourself? Definitely in five years, I, I still hope to be, you know, teaching uh, the little guys, the little um, primary students I teach. I get so much joy out of loving them and empowering them and being around children is, is really where I get a lot of my, my strength from. I actually, I need them more than they need me. Mm. Um, during my treatment with cancer, I went to school and worked every day. I drove myself to my own radiation appointments for 30 days and then would go to bed and get up in the morning and go back to work because those children, they just, they have this energy that gets, makes you forget all of the worries in the world. Their world is so simple and innocent and pure that to be in their world for a day, it's just this magical experience of rainbows and funny talk mm -hmm. and laughter. So I definitely want to keep going with my teaching with children. Mm -hmm. And then I think spiritually and personally, I definitely want to just keep giving back and helping um, and doing something with journaling and Reiki, um, working with crystals, meeting great people like you, promoting health, working on my, my mindfulness certification. So hopefully using that in some way and just helping and, and giving back. That, that's yeah. amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for being so giving of your time <laughs> and sharing so openly. Um, I just loved this, this conversation. Um, and I know it's going to help a lot of people. I really um, hope so. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to end um, each episode by having the guest choose a number between one and 52 so that I can choose mm. a self-care card for everyone for the week for all of the listeners. Um, so if you would pick a number and I'm going to pick a self-care card and read it out to everyone. Okay. Well, I'm definitely, I already know my number because okay. it's the number I see all the time. And I've been told it's the number dealing with angels. So every time I see it, um, every time I see it on my phone or it pops up somewhere, it's my favorite number. And I'm going to pick number 11. I kind of knew that that's what it was going to be. <laughs> oh, Love 11. <laughs> okay, so here's the number 11 card because I shuffled these ahead of time, everything. And these are all self-care cards by Cheryl okay. Richardson. 
And this is so funny because we're in COVID. So the card is called Retreat. Okay. <laughs> it says, take a mini retreat and listen to the voice of your soul. So, you know, maybe that relates to what you were talking about before in your book with travel, but it doesn't, we can't travel right now. But I, I simply, like you said, when I'm feeling I need to get a break and get out of the house, I'll take my car and I'll drive to the lake, which is about 10 minutes from here. And I'll get myself a nice Starbucks coffee and a treat. And I just sit by the lake and breathe in the fresh air and have some quiet time for myself. So, yeah. And I think, I think during uh, this pandemic, the fact that we can't go anywhere, um, we have to sort of bring the retreat inwards, right? Mm -hmm. So even if it's a bubble bath and you, you spoil yourself with those bath bombs and candles, or even, you know, you buy some plants. I just kept, I've just been buying plants like mad. Mm -hmm. So just buying plants and orchids and flowers and creating like a tropical feel in your home, having something to take care of, watch something grow. So retreat makes me think, yeah, let's bring the retreat home. Let's bring it inwards. Amazing. I love that idea. I need to get some more plants but I might need some help with your green thumb. Oh, I'll do my best. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening. And I want to remind each and every one of you that you are worthy, you are beautiful, and you are stronger than you think, and you matter. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Thank you so much, my friends, for listening to today's podcast. I feel so honored to do this work, and I want you to know I'm here for you guys and that I'm committed to helping you on your journey, sharing pieces of myself, and I want you to know that this podcast is for me too as I learn to love myself a little more each day. I'm really looking forward to sharing with you each week, and I'll be coming to you on Sunday evenings. Oh, and one final thing I do want to tell you, I'm not only the host of the podcast, but I'm also the author of a healing journal for women and the founder of Butterfly Beauties Co., where I work with sponsors to gift the healing journals to women in shelters. So if you're looking for any more inspiration on self-love or you want to know about the healing journal, you can connect with me on my Instagram account at Butterfly Beauties Co., Thank you so much, loves, for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can hear future episodes. And I'm always looking for guests who want to share their stories or sponsors who want to give back so that together we can help each other heal and rise. Thank you for spending your time by listening. And remember, you are beautiful. You are worthy, you are stronger than you think, and you matter. Take care. Thanks for listening.